Welcome to the Edge Talk Radio Network, your weekly source for information, empowerment, and connection. The Edge Magazine and its advertisers bring you inspired interviews and conversation on learning and healing, on our sacred journey, and on topics that expand beyond time and space. Now, welcome today's host. Welcome to the August 7th, 2018 edition of our Learning Well program on Edge Blog Talk Radio. My name is Elise Markland-Johns, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening. Learning Well is sponsored by the Integrative Health Education Center at Normandale Community College in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we want to take this opportunity to thank them for their continuing support of our monthly Learning Well program. Each month on Learning Well, we interview leaders in the field of integrative and holistic health and wellness, And many of these leaders are really transforming this field. And that's certainly the case with our guest tonight. We hope that the information we share with you tonight will enhance your health, your career, your relationships, as well as help those you love. Tonight, our special guest is Janie Bullthorpe. Janie suffered with debilitating physical symptoms for 20 years before her life-changing discovery of natural desiccated thyroid medication. As a result of this discovery, she became a thyroid patient activist, author, blogger, phone coach, speaker, and launched an informational website called Stop the Thyroid Madness. Janie will be joining us shortly to discuss her journey and that what she has learned along the way that can help so many of us. And just from the brief time I talked with her prior to our going on the air, you will not want to miss a word. Uh, Janie is so passionate and so committed and so knowledgeable. She's a wealth of wonderful information. As I mentioned earlier, our sponsor for Learning Well is the Integrative Health Education Center at Normandale Community College in Minneapolis. The center offers a wide range of classes in the areas of traditional health, integrative and holistic health, for both individuals and businesses, as well as certification programs in a number of health and wellness fields. And since there's an upcoming class that might be of particular interest, I wanted to just share some brief information about it with you. On Friday, August 10th, there will be a class on Reiki Energy Therapy Level 1. And this simple, natural, and safe energy healing modality can be used for reducing stress, as well as improving relaxation. This is a one-day course that goes from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and students will have the opportunity to learn Yuzui Reiki form, its theory, principles, historic origins, ethics, and tools to administer Reiki energy therapy. For more information on this class and for programs at the Integrative Health Education Center at Normandale Community College, I encourage you to call 952-358-8343 or email Normandale at normandale.edu forward slash CE. I also want to let you know that literally this fall, there will be hundreds of health and wellness classes, many in the field of integrative health. So be sure to check out the Normandale uh, list of courses for the coming fall. Now let me introduce our guest, Janie Bothorb. Janie is the daughter of a hyperthyroid mother who had her thyroid removed at age 22. And when Janie was nursing her daughter, she had eight illnesses in nine months, culminating with pneumonia. The same chronic illness scenario occurred two years later after the birth of her third child. 
Additionally, she was weak. Her arms were incapable of holding her babies or toddlers for more than a few minutes. She simply thought she was worn out since she had three children under the age of five, a natural thought. But things got progressively worse, and she spent literally thousands of dollars trying to figure out what was wrong by visiting doctor after doctor and getting diagnosis after diagnosis. Through her own research and by switching to another medication, her life literally turned around. So I'd like to now welcome Janie so she can tell you more about her story and her rather miraculous recovery. Janie, welcome. Hi, I am so glad to be here with you. We are thrilled to have you, Janie. And I mentioned some of what you went through. You suffered a variety of symptoms and health problems for 20 years. Can you tell us more about when and how your problems started? You kind of mentioned it. I noticed that I was having problems after the birth of my second child. And I didn't really know what was wrong. I just, I was nursing and I kept getting sick. And then I get well and I get sick again. And then I get well and I get sick again. And it just continued. I never went much longer than a week or two without getting sick. And once I quit nursing, that stopped. But it apparently weakened me and I didn't know why. Um, and then when I got pregnant again, same exact thing for my third child. What? I kept getting sick, and I'd get well, and I'd get sick again. Um, and I thought, well, what is this? And then the next part of the story is I couldn't hold my, my babies very long. I, I just couldn't. I, my arms were weak. And I remember there was a neighborhood volleyball game. Um, for all levels, it did, you didn't have to be an expert. And I went across the street to participate in a volleyball game, and my husband was staying with the kids. And I'm telling you, after like 15 or less minutes of serving a volleyball, my arms were practically frozen. They were just so weak. And, and I never knew what was going on. I, I can't imagine how... <laughs> How incredibly frustrating that must have been. So what did you do at that point? What was, what was your life like for the next few years? Well, it was miserable. You know, I thought, okay, I need to start exercising more. As, as some people think and as doctors wrongly tell their patients, you need to exercise more and eat less. So I trained to be an, an instructor, fitness instructor. I went to Dallas and, you know, did a really high-end training started my own classes, but I, I, I noticed that something was wrong with me. After every class, I wasn't recovering. I would get more and more exhausted even after the class ended. My heart rate would go higher and higher, and by the time I went to bed, I was just a basket case of exhaustion. I was sweating all night long. I couldn't sleep, and the next day I felt like I'd been run over by a truck. And I kept trying to maintain, see, this is just my individual way of manifesting. I was hypothyroid and didn't know it. Um, And I finally was diagnosed as borderline hypothyroid because I was going to the doctor. Well, it wasn't borderline, but they were going by the TSH, which you never should be going by. It was just at the top of the range. And they put me on Synthroid and later Levoxyl. Um, but I never got better. In 20 years, I never got better. In fact, I got worse. 
And I was going to apply for Social Security Disability in 2002. I was that bad. And how did you finally find help, Janie? Well, remember that by, you know, let's say say 2001 when I first started getting very serious. I mean, I'd been going to doctors for years. I mean, I have a scar on my left arm where they did a muscle biopsy. I did painful tests to figure out what was wrong with me, that it was, might have been some kind of rare disease. And finally, the doctors were doing nothing. So I, I even, and this is before Facebook, understand. Um, Facebook didn't come into existence until 2004. I didn't have a Facebook. And I even sent letters to uh, medical students, either that or email. I can't remember. And I somehow got these emails. And I told them my situation, what do you all think? I mean, I was that gung-ho to figure this out because I knew I couldn't sure. keep going like this. And they didn't have the answers. So I knew in early 2002 I, I've got to apply for Social Security Disability because it had gotten so bad I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't go grocery shopping, mm-hmm. nothing. But wow. as a, a, a how, you know, as to how did I finally find help, I, Yahoo was the group of choice back then. In fact, I still own a Yahoo group, the Natural Thyroid Hormone Users, and the, I have a European version. And I found out through a very small other group that somebody was taking something called Armor. Now, that was back then. There are many more brands now. What is Armor? So I looked it up, and I had already come to the conclusion after years and years of doctors saying, it's not your thyroid, we can find nothing wrong with you, that they had to be wrong. The only thing wrong with me was I'm hypothyroid. So what am I to lose? I found a nurse practitioner to put me on desiccated thyroid, which at that time was armor. Then I had to find a second one to let me raise it, because I could tell after a few weeks, I was getting worse on this small dose. And I raised it, and I pretty much did it on my own and, and, and found my optimal dose. And so that's what started. I was so angry that I had spent 20 years of hell that that's what started yeah. me on the path I'm on today. Wow. So I have to ask you, once you found that optimal dose, how how quickly did it work for you? Everybody is different, but I want to say to you that a starting dose, now back then she only gave me three-fourths of a grain, and we pretty mm-hmm. much start on one grain, which is 60 or 65 milligrams as a starting dose. Even that 45 milligrams, I felt better within a week. Now, I wasn't optimal, mm-hmm. and it did backfire. Because if you stay on too low a dose, your hypothyroidism will return. And I didn't notice anything at first, but then I started having these weird and heavy periods. And I thought, what? Well, that was called suppression of your feedback loop. I had stayed in a low dose too long. So you, you have to raise. So that's what I did. And once you did and once you did raise, Janie, um, again, how, how did you know you were at the optimum level? What started happening? I was, even back then, I had heard something about the free T3. Now, the T3 is your active hormone. It's T3 that changes your life, not T4. T4 is a storage hormone, 
and T4 is meant to convert to the active hormone T3. And I kept hearing about T3. You want to pay attention to T3. And it was just one or two people. Um, and I thought, oh, or maybe it was something I read. And so I thought, oh. So I knew back then to do my free T3 and my free T4. And I just kept going up and watching myself until I found a dose I thought, huh, this works. And another way I did it, which I don't recommend now, is I kept raising. And when I got above, <laughs> back, then, I went, back then I was in three and three-fourths grains. I eventually went to four. But when I went above three and three-fourths or above four, I started getting heart palpitations. Oh, this is too high. So back then it was kind of by the seat of my pants, unlike today with our knowledge, but I did it. I found out what wow. my optimal dose was, and at least my life made a complete turnaround. I now had energy. By the way, what was going on with me those 20 years, now this is unique to me, is I had a form of dysautonomia. That's an overreaction of your autonomic nervous system. That's what was causing me never to calm down after exercise, my heart rate to beat out of my chest, insomnia, sweating. Once I found, you know, all these years later, 20 years later, once I found NDT, and by the way, T4 didn't change it. I still had that same problem. Once I found NDT, which stands for natural desiccated thyroid, that all went away. Totally. Mm. So it's it's a... Is there a way of knowing which is going to work for you? Whether, I mean, can some people successfully take uh, levothyroxine or any of those brands that aren't natural products and, and do okay? Or is everyone going to do better on a natural desiccated thyroid medication? Here's one thing that I decided to do early on is not go by opinion. In other words, I started a group in 2002 because my life had changed and I was mad. And we started talking and I decided, okay, we're going to, I'm just going to collect patient experiences and the wisdom we gain from those experiences. And, and that's what birthed mm -hmm. the website, patient experiences, stop with And over the years, what we saw is the following. Some people do better on T4 than others. It is true. Some people do lousy like me. Some people do better than others. But we also noticed that even those who did better than others, were, if they were honest with themselves, over time they were seeing a rise of symptoms of hypothyroidism. Now, here's an example. I had, we had a, a couple friend of ours. And his name was Gene, G-E-N-E. -E. And Gene could run circles around me back then. Now, I was still on, a, I think I was in Lavoxyl by then, another T4. And Matt, he had such energy. Well, then I find out he was on Synthroid. I thought, huh, how does somebody have that much energy and they're only on T4 only, which is what Synthroid or Levo is. Well, as I got to know them, I found out he is forced to take a nap every afternoon, and he has high cholesterol. Those are both symptoms of hypothyroidism. Those both underscored that eventually it's going to backfire. You see, we all convert T4 to T3 unless you have some kind of major mutation. So it is converting to some T3, 
But when you look at a healthy thyroid, a healthy thyroid doesn't force you to live on conversion alone. A healthy thyroid also gives you direct T3. Well, it so happens that NDT does too. It gives you all five hormones that a healthy thyroid gives you. So over time, saw it. It wasn't my opinion that it's far better to give yourself all five hormones than it is to force your body to live for conversion alone. And secondly, even adding T3 to T4 is way better than being on T4 only. So when you say adding T3 to T3-4, that doesn't mean being on natural desiccated thyroid. No. What, does that, what does that mean exactly, Janie? Well, let me give you an example. There are some people... Um, in countries where it's very difficult to get desiccated thyroid. Or there are people in places where they could get it, but their doctor is afraid to death of it. So they will add the active hormone, T3, to their T4. Now, the way they do it is they're going to lower the T4 a little bit. We don't want to, we want to put some emphasis on getting some direct taste. So they lower their T4, or they should. And they start adding in small amounts of T3. We'll call it T3 only. But they don't stop there, which, which doctors and patients make the mistake at. You don't stop. You, we learned as patients, because that's what I'm about, that we want, even if we're on the two synthetics, we want a free T3 towards the top part. I didn't say an exact number. Towards the top part of the range. And we want our free T4 mid-range. You can achieve that on the two synthetics. So hooray. You know, if you can do that, go for it. And then I will say, though, that we also noticed that people who were on the two synthetics, which is great, which over the NDT, many of them reported feeling even better. So that kind of impressed us. You know, one of the interesting conversations I once had, and I was amazed that she shared this with me, was with my cardiologist a few years ago. And we both talked about the fact that we were on a, a level thyroxine, which is a, a synthetic version. <laughs> and one of the things she said, which I had certainly noticed, was that she felt that she was sort of at a plateau in her emotions. In other words, she never felt really depressed, and yet she never felt she could feel really happy. Um, that, that, that It was sort of this sort of low hum of existence. And I'm just curious, do you hear that often from people? Oh, my God. Please understand that a low hum, that's depression. Even though she didn't, that is depression. Um, It doesn't mean that you feel excessively sad. Depression can make you feel flat, that you just don't have a lot of emotion about anything. That can be depression. And the reason we see that a lot, on T4 only is because every organ in your body needs T3. So if you're forcing your body to live for conversion alone, there's a strong possibility that your brain, as well as other organs, is not getting enough T3. The result of that is you have depression. Now, to give you an example, my mother. My mother was on Synthroid almost her entire adult life. And her entire adult life, she had major depression. And they didn't connect it back then. She was one of the early ones. The Synthroid came out, you know, right around 1960, and that's about when she was put on. And they didn't connect 
they didn't put the dots together back then that her depression was because she's hypothyroid. And she had other symptoms of hypothyroidism. And finally, my mother had shock treatment. Her depression was so bad she had shock treatment. Mm -hmm. That's how they took care of it. She was never the same woman again. And then they put her on antidepressants, and she she became flat. She had no emotion about anything. It was a Mm. tragedy. So, yeah, it goes along with forcing your body to live for conversion alone or staying on too low a dose of NDT. So just to clarify for our listeners, can you talk a little bit about T3 and T4 in terms of what synthetic thyroid medication offers and what natural desiccated thyroid offers? Okay, let's start by telling everyone that a healthy thyroid makes five known hormones, T4, T3, T2, T1, and calcitonin. And we like that. They all have their purposes. But the one that plays a huge role in energy is T3. So that's why we need some direct T3. Well, that's what everybody was on from about the, let's just say, the 1890s until 1960. People were on desiccated thyroid, all five hormones, and it always worked. And then what you'll uh, read in Chapter 1 of the Revised STEM book, and I did a lot of research to find this, there was a shipment sent into the United States of desiccated thyroid. It might have happened in 59 that had nothing in it, no thyroid, and people were getting sick. So this in the door of the makers back then who had created Synthroid. Oh, here's a new and modern way to treat hypothyroidism. It was a financial decision. Well, and it was T4 only. Everybody fell for it. The doctors fell for it. You know, if somebody in the medical or pharmaceutical field says this is this, they all fall for it. And so everybody got changed to T4 only, which is what Synthroid, Levothyroxine, Oroxine, all these different names is. It's only the storage hormone. And everybody was changed to it. New people were put on it. Well, I don't know when it came out, but there also is a synthetic T3. It does exist. And that is the active hormone. And it works. You know, they all work. Um, so that, that has been around. And in fact, You'll see, and I write about this, I believe, in the T3 chapter in the Revised STEM book, is that all along, a lot of psychiatrists have been prescribing T3 to their patients, even before this whole movement I started, to help with their depression. They knew. It's just that the typical endocrinologist and medical doctor didn't know. So today, um, you've got synthetic T4, and I named them, and sometimes it'll be called levothyroxine or synthroid, used to be called Unithroid, or there was a brand called that, and there are other European brands. There is Synthetic T3. Uh, the brand name is Cytomel, C-Y-T-O-M-E-L. But there are also generics, which work, just, which work, work good, because you're going to dose according to the free anyway. And now there are several brands of desiccated thyroid. Right now, because of what's happened with Natrothroid, in other words, they had to redo their product and it's causing problems in people, a lot of people are turning to NP thyroid, Nancy Paul thyroid. That's not what it stands for. but And it's, it's yeah. made like the arm, way armor used to be made, and there's also a new brand called Westminster. There is still armor. It's not quite like the old version, but people say it works. 
And I have a page called uh, Options for Thyroid Treatment on the website where you can see everything. Great. Um, thank you. That's really helpful background. Um, I'm just curious too, Janie, if you can talk a little bit about adrenal dysfunction and how it relates to thyroid issues. What's the interrelationship there? Oh, it's, 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 it usually starts with thyroid. Here's what we found out by our experiences and things we were reading and things we were observing. That T4-only users, remember I said that not everybody converts well from the beginning or others see more and more symptoms rise of hypothyroidism? Well, when mm-hmm. you still are hypothyroid, guess what? Your adrenals are going to kick in for you. In other words, they're going to start making more and more cortisol to keep you going. They're trying to help you because you're still hypothyroid. So the adrenals start producing cortisol, and it's going to go higher and higher. And there's going to come a point where it's so high that it's going to start dropping. Now, the last chapter of the STEM 2 book explains all this. It's wonderful. I was so lucky to get it in there. It's going to start dropping because your body doesn't want to maintain that high cortisol to keep you going. That same high cortisol that a certain high percentage of T4-only users get because they're still hypothyroid. And now you can have a mixture of highs and lows or a lot of lows. You could still be in high of cortisol, and that's going to cause you problems with desiccated thyroid and raising it. You've got to have the right amount of cortisol to successfully raise desiccated thyroid or T3. So in summary, the adrenals will be affected if you are on a poor treatment or if you're underdosing yourself on T3 or NDT, and now you got a second thing you have to treat. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let's also talk a little bit, because I think these terms get confused a lot. There, mm-hmm. We hear the terms hypothyroidism and we hear the term hyperthyroidism. What is the difference between the two? Let's look at my mother. My mother, when she was around 20, started getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. I saw pictures of her, and she was real, you know, all over the place in her personality. Turns out she had Graves' disease. Graves' disease Mm -hmm. means the thyroid is being over-functioning. It's producing way too much T3 and way too much T4. Most literature says it's an autoimmune condition. And because of that, back then, she had to have her thyroid taken out to control it. Um, They didn't take it all out. They left a little bit, but later she had to have radiation to control that. That's called Graves' disease. That is hyperthyroid. On the opposite end, which the majority of us get, is hypothyroidism. That means it's slow. It's not working right. Now, I'm going to name there are basically two kinds of hypothyroidism. There is just plain hypo, meaning somebody gets hypothyroidism, they don't have an autoimmune version of it. They're just hypo, and there could be a lot of reasons for that. Then there's another group of people who have the autoimmune version that results in hypothyroidism, meaning they've inherited genes in which the risk is higher that the body can start attacking itself. And that is called Hashimoto's disease, meaning the thyroid starts getting attacked. 
by its, by its own cells, by the cells of the body. It's attacking it, thinking the thyroid is the enemy. And if it's not caught soon enough, it starts destroying the thyroid, and they get hypothyroidism. So hypo means low functioning. Hyper means functioning too much. Okay, and do we know what causes hypothyroidism and, and hyperthyroidism? You know what? There are so many causes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And some of them we can only guess about because it, sometimes it seems like a whole lot of people are getting it. <laughs> you know, but for example, with hypo, it can just be your genetics because there are a lot of coaching calls I do, and I would, I'm just guessing it's rough that seven out of ten people have somebody else in the family with hypothyroidism. So it just seems to point to there might be a genetic cause, heredity, and there can be genes to explain that, that you might have mutations in genes. Um, another one, like I said, is, is Hashimoto's. That's just an inherited autoimmune situation. Of course, there are some people who have hypothyroidism because they had to have their thyroid removed, and that might be due to thyroid cancer, um, occasionally people whose grades got out of control. There are even people who have uh, had a, a, it's a very small um, tumor on the pituitary gland. That's the gland that sends a message to the thyroid to produce, and it might not be sending a message to produce. That's called hypopituitary. Uh, you can get hypo from trauma from an accident. You know, if it, if it hits your head and caused the pituitary gland to be injured. Guess what? Long-term stress can do it. Now, that can result mm-hmm. in secondary hypo, um, but it can cause you to become hypo. You know, there's, there's many more. Oh, and i got to tell you something interesting before we move on. I never knew why I got hypo. Why would a, would a girl get hypo when her mother had hyper and I have no autoimmune? She had no other autoimmune stuff. Huh? Well, I found out a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> I probably became hypothyroid because the house we were living at the living in, especially the master bedroom, was filled with mold. I mean, oh. my shoes in the closet would get what kind of a greenish moldy on them. That oh was gosh. killing me, and I, not literally killing me, but it was so harming me, and I didn't know that it was harming my thyroid. My cause is probably huh. mold. Wow. And, and let's backtrack just a little bit. For, for our listeners who want to just be aware more of what, what the symptoms of thyroid problems actually are, can you run through some of those with us, Janie? I mean, obviously from what you experienced, the in- incredible lack of energy and, and just feeling drained, um, certainly I think is one that most of us think of. Are there, are there others we should be aware of too? Yes. Please understand that my symptoms were different. I had a form of dysautonomia. It's very rare, and it went away, so I know it was related to being hypo. Um, I didn't have some of the obvious ones. But here are some very obvious ones that the majority have. Um, easy fatigue. Of course, I did have that when I would try to work out. Um, people with hypo just don't have the energy of other people. They don't have the stamina. And they think, oh, well, I'm a mother or, or I'm getting older. It must be something else. Well, it's not. And usually you especially will know that you're hypothyroid if it's in the late afternoon that you get the tiredest. That is a key symptom of being hypothyroid. 
and, and that goes with the need to nap more than others. Oh, be suspicious of hypothyroid. Or if you are able to do some kind of high-end activity, but you take longer to recover than others, that can be hypo. Um, if your legs get really tired, you know, when you're, or your arms, and you can't keep something going because it will affect your muscles, that, that can be it. People who have hypothyroidism often have depression. And I'm going to go back to you. That doesn't mean excessive sadness in everybody. It can just mean feeling flat. That is depression. That is very common in people with hypothyroidism. Another common for most, but not all, is gaining weight easily. I mean, hypothyroid will generally, most of them, not all, will be heavier than others. <clears throat> That's because their metabolism is lower. That's what hypothyroidism does to you. It lowers your metabolism so you don't burn calories as fast as other people do. Another symptom is feeling colder than others or having cold hands and feet. I, I can go on and on. Low B12, inadequate B12, inadequate iron, inadequate vitamin D, those are all related to um, hypothyroidism. Heart problems can definitely be related to hypothyroidism. So if you want to see one of the best lists on the Internet, it's not a list that's culled from other lists. It's totally based on what patients reported, and it's called Symptoms on StopTheThyroidMadness.com. Okay. Could you repeat that one more time? Yeah, the website is, excuse me, I took a drink, is uh, coffee, StopTheThyroidMadness.com forward slash symptoms. Great. Thank you. And what what role, you know, you talked about your mother and the fact that it was kind of shocking that she had hyper and you had hypo, but what, what role does genetics play in whether we have thyroid issues? Has has there been much satisfactory conclusive work on that? I don't know about what work has been on it because my primary focus is what have we noticed? What are, what have we experienced? And it's like I said, I do, I do so many coaching calls that I notice that not all, but a high percentage of people can point to family members with hypothyroidism. And mm. uh, also people with Hashimoto's. They can point to family members with other um, autoimmune diseases because having autoimmune tendencies doesn't mean you're going to get the Hashimoto's version, but you're going to have others. You know, so there does seem to be, in some, a lot of people, a genetic predisposition, then there's that smaller group that, who knows, it was like me. I'm pretty sure now that mold caused it. I'm just shocked to find this out after all these years. And toxins, there's so many toxins out there. You know, so who knows? It can be, it is not one thing. There is somebody out there who's saying it's one thing for all people. No, we we have not found that to be true. It's many different things. So if, if some of our listeners tonight um, feel that they have some of the symptoms and think they might have a thyroid issue, what steps would you recommend for them? Okay. If you think that you might be hypothyroid, I'm going to prepare you. You've got a challenge in front of you because there's still a large body of doctors who do the wrong tests and proclaim you normal. Even those who are willing to say, oh, yep, yep, you're hypothyroidism, they're going to put you on the wrong med. So you've got to become informed. In other words, nobody gets well by putting all their apples in a doctor's cart. No, you don't go in there like that. 
you go in there informed. So, for example, one thing you say to doctor, if you want to do the TSH, okay, but we're not going by it. We're going by the free T3 and the free T4. That's what you ask for. Free means it's available and unbound. Now, a lot of doctors will also add total T4 and total T3, useless. That is a measurement of a combination of bound, meaning unusable, and unbound, meaning usable. But the vast majority is bound. doesn't help us to know that. So we want the free T3 and the free T4. And you go in there and say, that's what I want. Also, it's important to ask for the RT3. Now, that is an inactive hormone. And we want to find out right away, are you making too much of it? And then there are four iron labs you need because you're not going to get out of your hypothyroid state without adequate iron. And B12 is important and vitamin D is important because we're treating the whole body. So that's what you need to do is say, these are the tests I want. Now, by the way, on STEM, it's called recommended lab work. There's a dash. It's on that page. There's also great information okay. in the back of the revised STEM book. So that's what you need to first ask for. And then let me add, when you get those results back, you get a copy, and you go to the page called Lab Values on STEM, and you compare your results to where people are who don't have a thyroid problem. Your eyes are going to be opened. And finally, if you do have hypothyroidism, you need to learn. It is not synthroid or level thyroidism you want. You are destined to have problems. You want either T3 or desiccated thyroid. Now, there's more details than that depending on what problems you have, but that's what you're going to ask for. Uh, so you were talking about T4 and T3 earlier. So am I, am I understanding correctly that if you don't go the desiccated thyroid route, the best way is just to go straight T3? Is that, is that, am I right in that, Janie? I'm not going to call it the best way. NDT has always proven to be the best way. But if sure. you are in a situation where you can't get the NDT and you're for some reason sticking with a doctor who won't let you have one, which I wouldn't do, you try to see if you can get T3 added to the T4. That's way better than just being on T4 only. And you raise it till you find an optimal okay. amount, slightly lower the T4. So as long as we're talking about doctors, which is a pretty darn important piece of this whole thing, um, yeah. I was sharing with you before we went on the air that I, I did go to my most recent endocrinologist who indicated that he was open to switching over to natural desiccated thyroid, which I was delighted to hear. Um, but I think I was just lucky in finding someone who was open to that. How, how if you have a doctor who does not, uh, display any willingness to go that route, how, how can you find other help? Janie, what do you recommend? I strongly recommend everybody be prepared that you're going to have to doctor shop um, because they don't get it. And the, way, the best way to have a more hopeful doctor, of course, you're going to still have to guide them. There's no perfect doctor out there is to start calling around pharmacies. Start with your closest one and go farther and farther out and ask, hey, what doctor is prescribing three or desiccated uh -huh. thyroid? Because that's who I want to go to. And you'll eventually get names. That's how I found my doctor. And that's mm. a step ahead 
of those who are still in the dark ages and thinking that Synthroid is the way to go or Levo. It's not. So that's a great way to find a better doctor. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, you know, going back to the thyroid test for just a moment, um, there is a standard thyroid test that's usually given by most doctors. And if, obviously sometimes your results will fall within the normal range, so you're still exhibiting symptoms. Um, so if you get that initial test, let's say, um, do you find that most doctors then, if you push, are willing to to get the free T3 and free T4 test? Or, you know, I guess you can just never assume that. Um, but what, what experiences? You know. Okay. Well, this is, what this experiences, is really... Go ahead. Go No, go ahead, Janie. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm actually going to end this just a wondering. different way. Okay. <laughs> we keep we keep over talking to each other. Let me go ahead and answer this. Um, I'm going to answer this in a way that you weren't asking. I think um, okay. you've got to change as a thyroid patient. You have to change the way you walk into a doctor's office. I'm not talking about physically. I mean your attitude and how you handle it. I know it can be hard, but you have to go in there informed and willing to stand up to the doctor. You'll find out right away if he's the right doctor for you. So my example, um, when I had, to, I had moved once and I had to look for a new doctor, I called the pharmacy. This, this particular doctor prescribes NDT, had my that's natural desiccated thyroid. I was already on it, by the way. And I went in for the appointment. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. I did not tell him that I owned STEM. I don't think he knew who I was. And one of the first things I said, besides, you know, the beginning of being a new patient, I said, hey, um, that's when I was on four grains. I said, I'm on four grains. I've been on it for, back then it was like 12 years. I'm perfectly fine on it. Um, My TSH is going to be below range. I am not hyper, and I'm not changing a thing. And then I just paused. (laughs) And you know how doctors are typing away? He did not look up at me. He just kept typing. So in other words, I did it in a friendly, I did it in a friendly matter, uh, a friendly way, but I did it, did you hear, I was firm, this is where I am, this is what I want, and that's, I didn't say, and that's the way it's going to be, but I just ended it. So I set the tone at the beginning with him that I know who I am, I know what I want, and then in parentheses, and you better do it. So you're not, you're not trying to be aggressive, but you're setting a tone of, I know what I'm talking about. So that's why I say to people, do not go into that doctor's office without any knowledge. Read STEM. Read the books. Go in there and form so you'll have the self-confidence to tell the doctor what you want. You don't want to go in there, will you help me? Because if you have that attitude, <laughs> he won't totally help you. They're not caught up with this yet, he or she. You know, as long as we're talking about the book, tell us a little bit more about the book, Janie, because I'm sure that will be of interest to a lot of our listeners. And can they order it through your website? What's, where's the best place to go? It's in many places now. There's no one place, whatever's your favorite. If you want to go to the publishing company website, it's called Laughing, like ha, 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 Laughing Grape, as in the fruit, LaughingGrapePublishing.com. The book, I'll tell you what, 
I started a, a group in 2002 after my life made a complete turnaround. We started learning so much in that group. We were comparing notes. People were joining left and right. Of course, it was smaller than now, but they were getting bigger and bigger. And it, it dawned on me about the third year that, oh, my God, we have gained so much knowledge from our reading, from our experiences. i got to let the world know about this because a Yahoo group wasn't going to let the world know. So I started the website in December 2005, and I've been compiling on it ever since then, by the way. Well, then I realized there are some things that I probably need in a book because I didn't want all details on a website. I wanted people to be responsible, and I hope that having a book in hand would make them more responsible, especially working with a doctor. So eventually, I had a book come out in 2008, but I, I already updated it by 2011. We were learning so much. So the 2011 is a revised STEM book. It has all the people on the front. A lot of people I noticed were calling it the Bible of thyroid treatment. I have a lot of details in there. And then I realized after that that, oh, my God, my dream is to find doctors, and that was really hard, who can write about subjects that we know to be true. And I did. I found uh, one doctor to write about desiccated thyroid. It was a great chapter. I found another doctor to write about TSH. I have that last chapter as to why we get these adrenal problems in the first place, and on and on. Well, I did that because I wanted other doctors to know that oh, some of your colleagues believe in desiccated thyroid. Yeah. Some of your colleagues know the TSH is lousy. So that's why I also have a STEM2 book. Now, I'm not saying to people these are doctors you need to go to. They may not be caught up. I'm just saying they were perfect for this book, and I appreciate every one of them. So that's what I did. Oh, that was a great idea. And Jeannie, I'm just, I can't help but think, I'm sure there are conferences, right? I mean, there are conferences for, for every specific branch of medicine. So I'm sure there are conferences for endocrinologists. Have you ever been invited to speak at one of those conferences or, or ever participated in them in any way? <laughs> are you kidding? Sorry, I should have known the answer. No way. You know, they're, they're, they think, oh, who's Janie Bolthorpe? Um, that, no, no way would they invite a layperson. But it's kind of ironic. They could learn from me. I've been collecting this information yeah, for 16 sure years. Could. They just don't have the courage. They don't have the courage. But I will say there mm -hmm. are some doctors who greatly respect Stop the Thyroid Madness, and I hear from them. Well, I'm sure that must be rewarding after all you've been through and, <laughs> and your continuing struggle to get this information out. Um, oh, it's hard. Tell us a little bit. You know, you, you talked about what you felt that mold could have played a really important piece. Tell us about how toxic heavy metals can impact the functioning of the thyroid. And do we, can we test for this? And if it is a problem, what are some of the ways that heavy metals can be removed from our system? Well, you really, I'm finding everybody really should test for it, especially the older you get. But it can happen to young people. Um, there, there is a, of course, there's all sorts of opinions on the Internet, but I found that the hair test, hair copper test, is excellent to find out what's your heavy metal status. It also looks at minor metals, but what's going on in my body? So, for example, I did my first one, um, I think it was three years ago, four years ago, and I found out, oh, my God, I had rising levels of copper i had rising levels of cadmium and lead oh my god i knew how it happened but i just this is not good 
and it was a, it was even affecting my brain. I, I had such rising levels of metals, and and I they they also say now I never got an autoimmune version from them, but they say some of these heavy heavy metals can trigger Hashimoto's. It can trigger an mm. auto or other autoimmune diseases. You know that's that's not good. And I also found that even worse than having high heavy metals to me was the detoxing of them. Oh, my God, my adrenals got stressed. I was miserable. So I wouldn't go there. I would find out with a hair test um, if you have a metal problem. Um, It can mean you have a methylation problem, by the way. You're not breaking them down and getting rid of them. So on the recommended lab work page, for example, if you scroll down and see direct labs, they offer a great hair test to, to, to find that out. It's just up to you. Oh, great. Okay. And does it also, you mentioned that going through the process of, of detoxing was really horrendous. Is there, are there, are there some, is there some helpful advice in that arena too in the book as far as? Oh, God, I, I will, I will tell you, if you're going, if you find that you have high heavy metals and you have to get them down for your health and well-being, you better prepare yourself. You better start you okay. know, improving your immune function, making sure all your important nutrients are where they should be. If not, get on them. Look it up. What can protect me? Because you want, uh, uh, what are they called? Um, not anti-radicals, but you want to protect yourself from the free radicals. Be on the right supplements. You'll probably have to support your adrenals. I'm not saying everybody would, but mine was particularly bad. And I wish I had known some of those things ahead of time. It's rough. When when you say support your immune system, it, it leads into an interesting thought too about what are some of the ways you know if even if we don't have a thyroid issue, um, but want to prevent the possibility of some. Are there foods and supplements that are important to ensure a good thyroid functioning that you can share with us? Um, it's really more about if you have an autoimmune tendency. Um, as far as food, I find it's a little bit. It's important for everybody, but boy, it's especially important if you have any kind of autoimmunity issues in your family that you want to be eating right. Um, some people need to be getting off of gluten because gluten can cause uh, the uh, body's it causes thyroid to be attacked because it's confusing the cells of the gluten for the cells of the thyroid, so it starts attacking the thyroid. Um, some people react badly to sugar. Um, it, I, I don't limit it because there's so many things that people can react to. So I would say that if you react to something, that's a clue that you probably need to get off and not turn on your autoimmune tendency. But, of course, even for regular people who do not have autoimmune tendencies and would not get Hashimoto's, we all need to eat better. We need to eat better yeah. because everything about us is a symphony. Your health is a symphony, meaning mm-hmm. everything running together well. Well, you got to have the right nutrients for everything to run together well. Mm. And I want to ask you, Janie, about using iodine. Um, I had been doing some reading, and this was a number of years ago. I went to my endocrinologist. And he was very concerned when I told him I wanted to take an iodine supplement daily. Uh, uh, he was very nervous, and he said, well, don't take more than one drop of that. And I'm just curious, <laughs> what, how, 
how does iodine help us? And should people on Synthroid as well as those on desiccated thyroid medication be taking iodine as well? I leave that up to each individual, but I will tell you, iodine supplementation has done wonderful things for people. Um, Now, I think it's important, but maybe the lay iodine experts are feeling otherwise, but the iodine loading test, um, you do it on your own. It's a urine test. You can order it. I mention it in the book and on the iodine page. Um, You can order that. It's a urine test, and it's going to tell you what state your iodine is in. And mine was low, and I thought, I'm going to be on it. And iodine is known to be anti-cancer among so many things. But where patient experience, because remember, that's what I'm about, patient experience has shown two incredibly Mm -hmm. wonderful things about iodine supplementation. With women, it gets rid of fibrocystic breast disease, and that can be a precursor to breast cancer. And I had fibrocystic uh, breasts, little lumpy things, Totally went away on my iodine use. Um, huh. Also, by patient, by patient experiences, we know of people who got on, they had nodules, mm-hmm. little bumps on their thyroid, and they got on yes. desiccated thyroid, but they also got on iodine. Totally went away. And that's just a few examples. Iodine has done wonders. Now, there are opinions out there that um, Hashimoto's people should not be on iodine because in some people it's caused a bad reaction. Well, now we know that that bad reaction is because it detoxes you. Bromide, fluoride, it's, it's detoxing those out of your system. So that's another good thing about it. And in some people, they feel horrible. So you want to prepare for that. Um, there's, there's things called companion nutrients. I talk about it on the website. Uh, Lynn Farrell was the one that named that. You can, you can look what companion nutrients you need to prepare for. You can start really low. But we have found it to be a great thing, not a bad thing. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Janie, is I mean, you've created an amazing array of things that can help people. You have your website. There's a Facebook page. Uh, you do a, I think you're still doing a blog, correct? And you yes. recently updated the Stop the Thyroid Madness book. Um, can you sort of give us a quick overview of if people just sort of want to start the process of learning more, what, what would you, would you recommend they hit the website first? Do you have any secrets to sort of the best approach to take? You know, I actually don't. And that's from listening to people. I think people who are just starting out, they need a book. It turns out they need to be able to go slow to highlight things, to go back to it. Because they tell me that the website is now so big, they get frustrated by it. I didn't know that until they started uh-huh. telling me. So I okay. would recommend the revised STEM book because I wrote it in an easy-to-understand manner. Manner. Of course, there are some medical terms, but I tried to simplify it. And I wrote it to where you can go slow, you can add notes at the end of each chapter. Then if you want more detail, then you can also go back to the website. Now you've got a little bit of knowledge from the book. You understand the history of why T4 came out. You understand the history of what made NDT come out. You learn about, in the book, uh, T4, T3, T2, T1. You learn a lot of little things in that book and a little bit easier to read style. Then you can, you don't, you don't have to avoid the website, but you can also then go to the website and use the search in the upper right and read more. 
So that's why I recommend the Revised Sin book to people who are brand new to this because you're not going to get well in our current area of the medical people if you put all your apples in their cart. You've got to be informed. And we were having a discussion before we went on the air about um, older people, and I I think that's something we should touch touch, um, base on because – you were sharing some interesting information with me. Could you just go ahead and share some of that with our, our listeners, too? Oh, God, it's so horrible. You know, there's this uh, movement in the medical community that if you're, we'll call it over 60, some say over 65 or something, you should not be on desiccated thyroid. You should go back to chief rolling. I think, now I'm not totally aware of the research out there, but I do know that there's one that found that people who are way older, their TSH is higher. Oh, then it's almost as if they are concluding that because older people have a higher TSH, meaning people who have not been thyroid meds, oh, that must be normal to getting old. Mm-hmm. And so they want you to have a higher TSH. Well, in essence, they're saying they want you to be hypothyroid. They're making the wrong conclusion. They're thinking that that means, oh, that's the way you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be slightly hypothyroid, which you will be with a higher TSH, but not putting together that that can be because the older you get, the harder it is to convert the T4 that you make to T3. You're getting hypothyroid. And then the second problem that may cause that is some, some doctors are seeing bad reactions on, to MDT, and they blame the NDT, like it causes heart palpitations and it causes a higher heart rate. No, it, it can cause that. But they don't understand that's about what it's revealing. These people who have palpitations and higher heart rate and anxiety, it's because it's revealing they have a cortisol problem and or an iron problem, not that NDT will damage somebody. So they're worried about these things because they don't understand what they're seeing, that that's because of low iron Mm -hmm. and low cortisol. Oh, my God, we will harm older people. We will harm their hearts if that happens to them. So that that hasn't been true by our experiences at all. And I own Stanover Group. And these people, up we've got members up until I think up eight who are doing wonderfully on MBT and T3 with their doctor. Great. Janie, I, there's so much more we could get into, and I can't believe how quickly the time has flown by, but it has. And I want to thank you so much for being with us tonight and sharing your amazing journey. Thank you for what you're doing to help so many people. You're very welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> and if, if uh, those, of us who, those people who are listening would like to explore conversations with other health and wellness experts who have been with us on past Learning Well programs, We want to let you know that you can access these conversations at any time at your convenience by simply Googling Edge Blog Talk Radio Learning Well Archives. Um, We've had some great guests in the past, yoga experts Carol Krukoff, Leslie Michelson, author of The Patient's Playbook, Dr. Kenneth Pelletier. Uh, So do check that out. And I hope you can join us next 
uh, for our next program, Tuesday, September 4th, for a conversation with Dr. Robin Smith. She's a co-author of Cells Are the New Cure and will share with us how the cells of our bodies will stand as a foundation of the future for a wide, wide array of cures in the future. And we greatly appreciate your feedback on our show. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have suggestions for future guests, we'd love to hear that as well. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. We hope you can join us on September 4th for our conversation with Dr. Smith. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.